Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. Good morning and Happy New Year's Eve. So this morning we're going to be kind of finishing up I mean, we can't really call it Advent because we're kind of past that point, but um, let's just be honest. My type A was not going to let me start like getting back into our new series on the last week of the month of December. And I needed to have like a filler before we get back to Mark in January. Okay, so um, that's really what this is. And, you know, as I was kind of looking at uh, my my backlog, right, of, of sermons. And one of the, the benefits of um, doing everything digitally, as I do, is I have a record of every single sermon I've ever preached that I can go back and look at it very easily and say, okay, I did this on this date, and this is what I talked about. And I've realized that I didn't really have a whole lot that I, I've ever done in regards to New Year's. And it, it's primarily because the way the dates land, you know, it just isn't something that it's typically, you know, for me there to, to talk about, or it's just, you know, we're, we're covering something else and we, we kind of move past it. Um, but this morning, we're going to be pulling from a scripture that we actually covered a few months ago during our series on the, the road less traveled. Um, specifically from Revelation, not only because it's a perfect fit as we celebrate the coming of a new year, but it's also because of what we just finished celebrating. Um, We're going to take a look at Revelation 21, uh, verses 1 through 6. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Let's hold on to that. We're going to come back to that. Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words, excuse me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We're going to stop right there. And so from this text, there's this, this one specific point that kind of stood out. See, or behold, I'm making all things new. And what stood out to me about that is if we look at, at the scripture that we pulled from Luke's gospel last week. When we were, were reading about um, the, the Christmas story, right? We, we pulled this from the, the, the Gospel of Luke where the angels are, are talking to the shepherds. And what do they say? They say, see or behold, we bring you good news. 
And it's this same kind of sentence structure that, that exists in both places. Look. Open your eyes. There, there's something for you to rejoice about. There's something for you to celebrate. And in the case of Luke, it's, it's we bring you good news. We bring you great joy. There, there is a gospel message for you that you are saved. And what we see in, in this scripture and revelation is is the culmination or the, the fulfillment of that. Behold, I make all things new. Making all things new. That feels like a, feels like a, a good launch pad for the new year, right? We, we kind of come into December and it's hard not to really start shoving stuff off in the month of December to be like, yeah, we're going to take care of that in January. <laughs> all, all of the different obligations that exist, right? You, you start coming and it's like, well, this would look a lot better on January 1st. <laughs> well, that's, that's a future problem that we're going to go ahead and deal with. We're, we're almost positive that, that there's going to be more energy. We're going to be much better at doing whatever the thing is in, in January in the new year. We're going to be fresher. We're going to be, be more energetic, and, and we're going to be more effective in that new year. And, and so that's when we're going to tackle all of these new projects. That's when we're going to take on all of these new endeavors. And it's, it's hard not to feel like we're able to kind of shake the, the dust off of our free, feet from the old year. And that we get to come into this new year with a clean slate. Everything seems possible. We're, we're hopeful. And of course, being hopeful is a good thing. But maybe we need to ask the question, is this realistic? <laughs> is it realistic? Is, is it maybe creating some pressure that we're putting on ourselves to, to fix everything that we perceive to be wrong with our lives at the beginning of a new year. You know, are, are we setting ourselves up to feel like failures when we get into the new year, when we get to January 1st and we find out that we are the exact same person we were the day before? Nothing, nothing changed. <laughs> my, my amazing plan for, you know, starting out with a, a new me, a clean slate, a fresh everything else, it winds up being exactly the same. When we look at the, the coming of the new year, it, a, a lot of times if you're like, working in an office, you know, there's kind of this shuffling of paper, paperwork that happens when the new year starts, right? It's like, okay, we're, we're starting the new budget, right? And so you have the, the new financial books that start kicking off if your budget starts in the calendar year. It's, okay, we're, we're hanging up the new calendar. It's the new forms for 2024, you know, all of these different things, right? And so we have this year that is accompanied with a bunch of paper shuffling, but accompanying all of this paper shuffling is this lie. 
that just like hanging a calendar on the wall, like starting fresh with your, your new ledger, that somehow you are magically a brand new person at the beginning of the year. That by making a resolution that you have decided that this year is going to be different, that somehow you're going to reset your life and start fresh. This is the new 2024 version of me. This is me 2.0. This is a new and fundamentally different person from who I was let's be honest, yesterday, <laughs> right, when we get to that point, that, that somehow that, that changing of a clock has now made me into this new creation. That, that out of this new us springs uh, energetically out of bed, that I'm now amazingly able to go to the gym three times a week, that, which I'm doing right now anyway. Let's, I got to take some credit here. But, <laughs> you know, you, you're all of a sudden eating the way that you have always intended to. You're reading your Bible the amount of times that you've written down that you're going to re read your Bible. You are doing all of the stuff. You are like a fresh, shiny new car because the calendar has changed how does that work this this new shiny fresh us recently purchased still has like that leather smell with the tree hanging in it like it, it's that kind of us that we're expecting to exist at the beginning of a new year this new us is probably more photogenic right there's a little bit more smile to it we have a glow that that just is different I mean, are we kind of starting to see, like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. This doesn't happen this way. And so there's this lie that, that you can start fresh. And it's like, well, Matt, this is kind of a discouraging message for the new year. Like, come on, we came to church to be lifted up. And you're saying that we can't start fresh, that there's nothing new for us in this new year. You can't drop off the old, unwanted, weather-worn parts of you at the Salvation Army and say, okay, I'm, I'm, it's time for an upgrade. Like, that's you. There are two large issues that we come into contact with when we start thinking that somehow the step into the new year is magically going to change us. And the first is it has us thinking that deciding to change and changing are the same thing. Do you know that they're not? How many of us have decided to change something that never actually changed? <laughs> It has us thinking that that jumping out of bed and heading to the gym, the choosing, the deciding to do that is the same thing as actually jumping out of bed and going to the gym. And if that was the case, I have a feeling that there would be a lot more fit people in the world than there are today. <laughs> It has us thinking that with a little bit of good American stick to we can revamp our entire lives. But the truth is that our, our less positive habits, kind of like plants that live in a pond. My parents have this, this big concrete trough that's out in their backyard. And um, 
in thinking about it, I don't know how they got that back there because it's really heavy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe there's a truck involved or something, but they, they have this big concrete pond that's in the backyard and it got cleared out and they filled it with water and it's kind of this little mini pond and so there's some like water plants that are in there. And as a kid, and I'm sure there's adults that think this too, that like lily pads just float on the top of the water, right? No, they... They, there's a part of them, the part that we see floats on the top of the water, but then there's something that comes down from the lily pad, and really what's happening is there's like a root system that's in the muck and the junk that exists at the bottom of the pond. Every afternoon so you've made this decision okay I'm gonna and I'm just choosing going to the gym because let's be honest that's like the cliche new year's resolution that everybody picks right I'm not picking on anybody if they want to go to the gym go to the gym okay <laughs> but okay somebody says I'm gonna get fit I'm gonna get healthy I'm gonna start making wise choices for my my health going forward in this year but every afternoon you start getting fidgety and you make this the trip to the snack shelf because that's just kind of what you feel like you're supposed to be doing during that time, right? There's an emptiness that's within you that says, hey, if you go and get this thing, you won't feel empty anymore. You keep meaning to go to bed earlier, but you find yourself browsing endlessly through your phone. You find yourself uh, burning time in Netflix looking for something that you have lost, and you might not realize that you're looking for something that you've lost, but as you scroll through your phone endlessly, not even really paying attention to what it is you're looking for, you are looking for something. The truth is that changing our habits means not just addressing the lily pad. We have to address the, the muck that the root is, is sitting in. Addressing the... the root is tricky because there's a lot that might get dredged up when we start dealing with stuff like that. It's a lot easier to say, I'm just going to take care of that lily pad at the top of the, pool, uh, the, top of the pond. So the, the first big issue is this idea of, okay, deciding to change is the same thing as actually changing. So that's the first problem with this approach. The second problem that we have with this lie is that it assumes that the current us is not worth keeping. And can I say that I never even really thought of that before I was, was going through the, this time. That this whole resolution, this whole idea of, of starting with a brand new me is starting with a fundamental problem a fundamentally incorrect assumption that the first me, the me that Jesus Christ died on a cross to save, needs to be done away with. But that's not true. The desire to start fresh with a shiny new version of myself implies that I am in fact disposable. And I mean, most of us probably never really thought about that. that. That this idea of I need to completely do away with who I am is actually reflecting on the choice that Christ made to come and die on a cross to save you from your sins. You are worth more than that. Because 
If something is disposable, then that means it's worthless. Out with the old and in with the new assumes that there is something in us that needs to be gotten rid of, that there is something that needs to be eradicated. And maybe you feel that there are portions of yourself that you wish would simply just disappear. Maybe there are portions of yourself, parts of yourself, choices that you have made that you just wish would would up and vanish. Maybe you are tired of the the long neglected pieces of yourselves that that are in that mud right at the bottom of the pond like we've had to clean out the bottom of that pond before and and there's a lot of stuff and by we it's mostly my dad but um (laughs) like dead goldfish like (laughs) like all, all sorts of weird stuff that's down there and, and sometimes we have that kind of stuff, right? If we look at, at what's going on in our lives, there's those, those places where it's like, yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's not pay attention to that. Let's not look at that. And, and maybe you're coming before God and you're saying, man, I, I hope he only sees the stuff that's on the surface of the pond. Can I tell you, God sees the stuff at the bottom of the pond as well. I really wish you would just see the polished, shiny 2.0 me that I, I want everyone to see. And for everything else, we'll just throw it away. But here's the good news. What's the, the, that takeaway message that we got from Revelation this morning? Behold, I come to make all things new. We don't have to make the resolution to make ourselves new. A, we can't do it. We can't make ourselves new. But B, God will make all things new. God came to dwell among us. He came to to pitch a tent and to, to pitch it in the deepest, murkiest, muckiest parts of our life. in the most forgotten corners of our heart, in the areas where where we wish no one would come and see. He's there. And it's in those parts of us where God shows his love to us the most. He says, Matt, I I love the shiny part of you that you are are so proud of putting out in front of everyone, but do you know that I, I love you even in the midst of this mess over here too? The, the choices that you made that led to this mess, the, the mistakes that you've made over and over and over again that have led to this, the, the things that, that just seem to never quite work out. I love you in the midst of all of that. You can't have a, a murky enough pond to where I won't love you. And so it's those parts of us where, where God loves us the most, where his love is demonstrated for us the most. And because it's easy to love somebody who's all nice and shiny, right? But how, what a, a demonstration of love when God shows, he says, I'll sit in your mud puddle if you want me to. I'll sit with you wherever you are. God lives in the unwanted God lives in the weather-worn, in, the, in the, the places where light is not shining. 
God lives in the places where there's darkness and the places where there's despair. He, he will show up into those areas. And as we read through Scripture, we see over and over and over again where God makes all things new. We see it in the book of Revelation as we just read. We hear it in Isaiah. You see other variations throughout the word of God. He's always up to something. Always making us new. Always the author of new life. That's always the promise. Where we can sometimes get confused is when we when we think about how and why we're made new. First, sometimes when we come to, especially this season, we think that we are somehow the source of this newness. That somehow we, we have made this resolution and I am now going to step into this new year, right? And, and Matt 2.0 is going to come forth and it is going to be amazing. Wood Street, get ready. We're not the source of the newness. God is. It is God who makes things new. We're invited to be a part of the process, but God is the source. So we're trying to redeem our sa- ourselves. We're trying to save ourselves, but you know we can be strong, but the source of our strength is God. I don't need to be my redeemer. I don't need to be my savior because I have one of those already. That's Jesus. God is the one who makes us new. And they say sometimes we don't like how God makes us new. Does anybody have that? Or you're like, well, couldn't you just like maybe shaped it this way or made it a little less like this and a little more like this? This This is how I would have done it. Sometimes we don't like how God wants to make us new. Sometimes, even though we say we want to be made new, we really want to keep this thing over here. It's like, well, yeah, I want to be made new, but if we could maybe keep like this little area for me, that would be wonderful. Sometimes when God makes us new, it feels like we are that lump of clay, right? That was made into a halfway decent bowl. It's like, yeah, it holds water like 50% of the time. But God decides to draw out from us something that's altogether more amazing. When we we find ourselves in those types of situations where where we are, are happy with the mediocrity, where we are happy with being just okay, God says, I love you too much to leave you in that state. I have so much more for you. Sometimes we say that we want to be made new, but we didn't realize that that meant God was going to go sifting through all of the muck that was in the bottom of that pond. I didn't know it was going to involve all of that. Sometimes, sometimes we've turned away from God. 
And when we turn away from God, there's this, this calling to repentance. And it's in that way, seeking newness, seeking new life is a good thing. That's absolutely what should be happening. We, we want to be made new in that situation. But again, it's not me being, making myself new. It's me recognizing that there's a creator God who in his creativeness is making me new. And it's in those types of situations where, where there's a confusion of value oftentimes. You'll hear people say, well, if, if you knew who I am, if you know of the things that I have done, if you, you know, you would, you would understand that I'm not worth being made new. I'm not worth saving. I'm, I'm not worth the love that God wants to, to pour out on me. And so really the only way that, that God is going to be able to, to, to do anything with me is if he just does away with everything that I am and just starts over. So what you're saying is that you have somehow figured out how to stump God. You have somehow figured out the, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-present God who is the creator of the universe, who is actively making all things new, has now come to you, a single creation in the midst of everything. He says, he, he got me. I can't fix this one. That's ludicrous. But... When we're thinking of ourselves, that's what we think sometimes is that, that, that somehow we are beyond everything else. We are the exception to the rule and that we cannot be, should not be, made new, redeemed, restored. Can I tell you that some of the most beautiful testimonies, some of the most beautiful um, Stories of God's saving work are from the people that are the most broken. Are from the, the, the people, from the, the lives of people that, that point back and say, I didn't even, I, I couldn't assemble one piece of myself back together again. And yet God showed up and he made all things new. We look at ourselves, we look at, people look at their, their, themselves, they look at their lives, and they, they don't see anything worth saving. But what we see is that in this text from Revelation is that God looks at, at people's lives and he makes them not the way they see themselves, but the way he sees them. And that's how he's able to make all things new. God is not hung up on how you see yourself. He is not hung up on how that person who just cannot seem to get their act together. He's not hung up about how they see themselves or how your parents see you or how your friends see you, your coworkers or anything else. God will create you the way he sees you. God chooses to make a home with us. We are God's people. He loves us. So God wants the very best for us. God loves us enough to want to make sure that Christ in us is seen by others. Even through all the muck at the bottom of the pond. 
So we get to be part of this process. So in the the days ahead, what can you do as God clears through the muck at the bottom of your pond? Because we all have it. It's called life. (laughs) What can you do to be open to God working in your life, right? This isn't a question of what can you do to make yourself new, okay? I'm hoping that by the end of today, we have established that there's not a whole lot we can do to make ourselves new. What we can do is we can make ourselves available so that God takes the reins in our lives to make all things new. So what can you do to immerse yourself in the, the certainty of God's love for you? Because that, that's the, the step that needs to be taken, right? We need to step into a certainty of who I am, who you are in the eyes of Christ, and what does he have for you in this coming year? That's, that's the, the move forward into the new year that we're encouraged to take. Not what can I do to make myself better. It's how can I partner with God as he takes steps to transform me into looking more and more like him. We talked about his grace being enough. His grace is enough for me yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His grace is what is ever shaping me, ever changing me. It's a whole life grace. God is never done with you. So our answers to these questions of what can I do to immerse myself in the certainty of God's love? What can I do to make myself available to God's transformative love? That our answers to those questions are, that's what we need to be asking as we look forward to this new year. Those questions, those answers are worth spending time and energy as we move into tomorrow. And I think there's an important distinction that we need to, to focus on before we close here. It doesn't say, I've made all things new. It says, I'm making all things new. The work that, that God is doing in our lives isn't a point in time. It's not January 1st, 1993, God made all things new and I'm on my own after that. The work of God in my life is, is ongoing. It's, it's not a one-time thing. And again, that, that's where we come to this whole life grace that, that God has never finished with us. God, who, who loves to create, who is always creating. God created the, the heavens and the earth, right? If we look at Genesis 1. He created the world in which we live. He created mankind. And he continues to create. So he's, he created at that moment, he created us. He's always making things new. God is moving in. He is living with us. 
so that we can be even closer to him as he continues to create. And so as we look forward to this new year, as we look to the, the coming 2024, my prayer is that, that I would have, that you would have a correct perspective, that, that there is nothing in me that needs to be thrown away, that, that I am not something that needs to just be done away with, but rather that I have been made new in Christ. And that in this coming year, I would have eyes to see the, the value that, that God has placed within each of us. That there, there's a promise that we have in God's word and in Revelation. See, I'm making all things new. That, that's a statement, that's a promise to, that has been made to us. And as we look forward to this new year, that, that is what I'm, I'm excited to see come about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that as we look forward to this time, as we look forward into this new season, into this new year, God, that you, just as you have been faithful, you will continue to be faithful. And God, I ask that you would give us proper perspective. That you would reveal to us who we are to you. Not someone who, who needs to be completely done away with in order to, to come and be a part of your family. But someone who you love just as they are. And God, as we move into this new season, as we move into this new time, help us to, to understand that we may need to set aside our, our ideas of what being made new looks like. We may need to set aside our expectations. We may need to, to understand and, and be open to you sifting through the muck at the bottom of the pond, God. But Lord, we, we come this morning and we say, we, we give it all to you. Because we recognize that you are God who loves his children. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop.